I'm Carlos Virgen, and this is The Storyline, produced by The Day in New London, Connecticut. This week, we talked to Martha Shanahan about a controversial shellfishing operation in the Niantic Bay. And reporter Kim Drellick gets us up to speed on the proposed Costco project in East Lyme. So, Martha, talk to us about shellfish uh, in uh, Niantic and Waterford. What's going on? Turns out shellfish is a lot more controversial and uh, complicated of a topic than um, I ever would have imagined. This guy, uh, whose name is Tim Londrigan, has a background in um, shellfishing and commercial shellfishing. He um, sort of worked for a couple of years after he graduated from college with a shellfish operation off Fisher's Island, I think. Um, He has decided to go into business um, selling, growing and selling um, oysters and scallops to restaurants, which he already has been doing. Um, He has um, property, I guess you could call it, in the Nyanic Bay where he's been growing scallops um, and oysters and selling them, or actually just oysters and selling them to restaurants. And what he wants to do there is basically grow scallops and oysters uh, from a very small size to a slightly larger size so that they can go out and thrive in the bay where they could grow to market size and then he can sell them. It's an expansion of what he's doing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of an experimental, you know, approach to the shellfish market. How so? Well, there's not there's not a lot of people doing this sort of like three location. Like mm. he hatches them somewhere else, I think Got in Stonington, it. and then he brings them to his plan at least is to bring them into the river and then put them out in the bay so that I don't know, they all have various conditions that Got make it. it easier. Uh, for them to grow. When was uh, his proposal? Yeah, so he started working on this um, more than a year ago, um, and he started approaching town boards in Waterford um, and the state uh, uh, Department of Energy Environmental Protection, which has some jurisdiction over this, and the state uh, Department of Agriculture, which also does, and um, also the federal, um, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which has um, jurisdiction over any structures built in U.S. waterways. So he has to get a variety of different things approved. And so he started this process a, m- more than a year ago, possibly two years ago. Um, and the sort of public part of this only started this summer because he had, uh, for whatever reason, sort of made the decision to not do a lot of public outreach to educate people about what he hoped to do. Um, And so the first time that a lot of the neighbors who live around uh, on sort of both sides of the shoreline and um, around the Mago Point area, which is sort of a business district, so the first time that a lot of those people sort of heard about this was when the Army Corps of Engineers was required to send out a public notice in about August uh, about this application. At least a year into the process. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That did not go over well with a lot of people um, and a lot of the homeowners there um, were sort of taken aback by what they got in the mail from the Army Corps and have 
started a sort of a public campaign to get more information about it, um, raise some objections that they had about the location. Um, So we're recording this on a Thursday. Tonight there is a meeting um, of something called the Waterford East Lime Shellfish Commission, which I think is seven or eight people um, that is made up of Waterford and East Lime residents who um, about a year ago as part of this process um, worked a worked out sort of an agreement with him to give him access to this about six acres um, in the middle of the Nyanic River um, that is sort of at issue here and from what I understand they were sort of they they sort of skirted the legal processes of how they were supposed to work out an agreement with him. I mean, this commission, for the most part, has mostly been charged with handing out or selling um, like recreational clamming licenses to people Mm -hmm. who just want to go out into the river and collect a few clams. Uh, And so they never sort of had really entered into this kind of agreement before, and it sounds like they didn't didn't do everything they needed to do. So what, what I think will have happened um, Thursday night is that the town attorney for Waterford who is now involved has told them that they need to sort of start over and be more transparent and involve the other town officials. Um, So kind of like negate their original agreement? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and I I mean I I talked to I talked to um, to Tim Londrigan and he says that he's you know still gung-ho about going forward with his project and he I think he understands that the shellfish commission didn't follow the correct processes and it would maybe benefit him to to go forward with a little bit of a um, more uh, transparent approach and more open approach I know that you kind of have had to learn a lot of this along the way can you talk a little bit about how you uh, brought yourself up to speed in the whole process? Yeah, I mean, it's shellfishing is a very complicated thing, and it's it can mean a lot of different things. I think we've seen that in the. I know that there's another um, proposal in Stonington that has been getting some pushback from the neighbors as well, um, which on on the face of it sort of seems like a similar story, but um, from what I understand, they're completely different projects. Um, the person in Stonington just sort of wants to um, grow oysters, I think, on just on the bottom of the river. What Tim Londrigan wants to do in the Nyanic River is a little bit more involved um, and involves a little bit more... Um, more control. Control and equipment, yeah. and, and, and that's what's sort of posing the concern to the neighbors is they're worried about, you know, access for boaters and safety and um, in addition to the sort of process concerns that they have um so yeah it's been quite an education i don't i mean i love eating shellfish i love eating (laughs) i will eat oysters all day long i sit around and think about how great they are uh but i didn't i had no idea that this was such a you know complicated thing uh it's recreational shellfishing has been a really big part of life i think in this area Mm -hmm. and in particular in the Nyanic River, people have been clamming there and scalloping there for a long time. Um, but there really hasn't been any proposal like this uh, in the past, 
really at all. There's been a couple of sort of smaller commercial entities that have made a go at do at um, cultivating or growing shellfish in the river before. But I mean, like I said, the Shellfish Commission had never really had a responsibility like this before, and I think that they they handled it not yeah. in a particularly good way. Has anyone mentioned any kind of uh, you know in hindsight? seeing that, that the process began uh, poorly and, and that, that things could have gone differently that would have resulted in different feedback and different response from the community? Yeah, so the, the I mean, the quote that I have from the chairman of the Shellfish Commission, uh, who's, um, his name is Peter Harris, uh, the quote that I have from him in my story um, that was in the paper on Thursday, uh, he just said, obviously we were wrong. They, they thought that they were doing, they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were, you know, coming up with a, with a sort of compromise to um, allow uh, Tim to to do what he wanted to do and not sort of disrupt too many people, um, and so that's what he's that's what he's talking about when he says obviously we're we were wrong. Um, uh, I don't think they really anticipated the amount of objection that people would have to them to them entering into this this agreement. Um, and you mentioned briefly kind of some of the, the, the feedback from the community. Is it mostly um, because of the process, the, the, the transparency of the process, or are there some other kind of concerns? You mentioned a few about uh, access. Uh, can you talk a little, any, any about yeah. that? Yeah, so it's, it's sort of both. Um, we had a meeting on, on Wednesday um, with a couple of the people that, have raised these concerns. Um, some of them are people who own homes along the river, um, and some of them are people who have, uh, one of the people that came owns a marina that's on the Niantic side of the river who had concerns about, um, you know, a lot of his clients who have boats, who keep their boats there are sort of tourists essentially who come from out of town um, and he was worried that having whatever shell fishing operation in the middle of the river would prevent them from wanting to spend their time there and, and therefore impact his business. Um, the um, And there's been some concerns raised from the Mago Point Business Association on the Waterford side. You know, people have environmental concerns. People have a variety of other concerns. It's sort of not clear which one is the main one if there is a main one i mean i think it's fairly obvious that a lot of the homeowners have property value concerns Mm -hmm. um because of how they think it would affect the view um so what are what's what response has um laundrigan given to some of those concerns i mean i mean are those valid concerns as far as the view as far as the um, the usage of the the the, wa- the yeah. waterway. He, he's he's downplayed them for the most okay. part. Um, he, I mean, he is downplaying the um, the amount, the extent to which it will be visible, right, the right. extent to which it will be above the above the water at various <laughs> times of day. Uh, I mean, I think the main concern that a lot of people have is that they just don't have a lot of information right, about right. what it's going to look like, and I think that that's something that will you know, start to come forward after, now as a result of this. After tonight's right. potential restart. Yeah, exactly. I should say that he also has had a fair amount of support. I talked to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers who's been collecting 
comments from people on his application. Um, they have sort of an open comment period. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be having a hearing on December 7th uh, to collect more comments on it. Um, and the woman there who's been managing this process, this project told me that it's a, been a, actually about 50-50 about people saying that they have concerns and then people sort of writing in in support of right. what he wants to do. I mean, it's sort of not all bad <laughs> in terms of the response that he's gotten from people. But um, yeah, it's definitely been interesting to see it play out. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. What does leave work now mean to you? What does it imply? It implies that wherever you're sitting listening to this, it is not as fun as what you could be doing. (laughs) Exactly. We're the harbingers of relaxation. It's your job every day to go and do what other people would consider fun. So this podcast is sort of like going along with you. You want to go with me the next time I attend a Yanni concert? Leave Work Now with Rick Costner. Find us on theday.com or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So Kim, um, Costco, yay or nay in East Lime. Can you talk to us about the development that included the possibility of a Costco um, coming into East Lime? Can you walk us through the timeline and up to the point where we are now? You you reported yesterday some uh, an update, a big update on 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 the the project. Sure. So uh, this development has been in the works for a while. Uh, The town had zoned a 200-acre parcel of undeveloped land along I-95, roughly in the area between Exit 73 and 74 as the Gateway Plan Development District. And um, in 2008, Simon Conover and KGI Properties received approval from the Town Zoning Commission for a master development plan for that site. And that plan called for both a residential phase and a commercial phase. The commercial phase would have a 140,000 square foot anchor store along with some smaller stores. So that was their plan, but the developers said that project stalled during the recession. So there hadn't been much activity on that land at all until uh, several years ago when the developers said that they saw some opportunities in the rental market. So they came back to the town uh, zoning commission to get um, you know, f- final approvals for their site plan for the residential side with 280 apartments. And they broke ground on those in 2014. And then they came back and said they would like to have a f- have some more uh, apartments. So they asked to change the regulations to allow for 400 apartments. And now they're expected to come back to ask for site plan approval for those 120 units in the future. So while they were working on the residential side, they were also um, working on the commercial side near Exit 74. And uh, they signed a lease with Costco in 2015 and had been working on the infrastructure improvements and nearby traffic improvements. Uh, They needed permitting to... um, uh, They needed permitting to... 
upgrade the exit 74 on and off ramps and the Flanders Road. And um, in 2016, they came back to the Zoning Commission for approval for their uh, big box store, and they got approval for a 138,000-square-foot building and a gas station. And they were continuing to work on the permitting for the temporary roadway improvements. On Wednesday, we learned that Costco had decided to end the lease for the East Lime site. And Costco didn't officially comment on their reasons, but the, the developers said that it's obviously a, a difficult time for retail and there's a lot of disruption in the market right now as people shop online and a lot of the larger retailers are either downsizing or not necessarily expanding. So, What, what were the hurdles? Were there any specific hurdles? Did, did Costco uh, identify any particular hurdles that might have... Um, might have kept them from from pursuing the development. The decision was Costco's to not to end the lease. So the developers had already invested. They said um, one point, nearly one point seven million dollars in getting the site ready for Costco because they needed to work on the permitting for the temporary roadway improvements, some infrastructure improvements. And uh, they said that they were about 90% um, done with that process, but it had taken uh, several, it had taken a while. On the positive side, they said that because they've already invested a lot in this site, that when the next, they find their next uh, tenant, they hope that that will kind of speed up the process right. because they've already done some of the work. So they're hopeful that they can draw some another retailer into that into that project yeah they they said they're confident they will be able to find another retailer but they said that it's not the same market as you know before the recession right so they are said they're really planning to work hard they told me they're going to a trade show in New York City to market the site okay and uh, they said they're they're also open to to looking at all options for the site because um, it's also zoned, they could potentially put in office offices there, but right. their preference is for a large uh, retail store because basically to get the site ready, they need kind of that, they said they need that larger anchor, anchor store, yeah. Right. Um, and how about a response from the town or, or, or residents? Have you been able to gauge what, what the, the response has been? Town officials said they're going to continue to work with the developers to get that site built out. Um, right now it's unclear what, what that will be, um, but they said they'll, they'll continue to work on that and continue to work for the roadway improvements. And I know that not specifically related to this project, the state has said that they're planning for long-term upgrades to the Exit 74 interchange. Have you seen any uh, responses either on social media or on, on, on our website from, from people either happy that it's not coming in or, or upset that it's not coming in? Yeah, I've seen both. I think s some people said that they were really disappointed because they were looking forward to both shopping there, but also just um, the jobs that it would bring right. to the region. And then other people are happy because I, they were fearful, perhaps, that the 
development could take away from some existing stores. Right, the impact it would have on local local businesses. Well, thank you very much for your reporting, uh, Kim. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you. It's the Sports Doctor, Keith P. O'Brien. If you want a different take, if you want a different angle, a different way to view sports, well, check out my weekly podcast, and I will show you the way from a fan's standpoint. We'll bring you great guests, local, national, athletes, coaches, players, you name it. I'll bring it to you. Sports Doctor podcast right here on the day.com.